0: This is R.V.S. This is R.O.D. A.K.A. Rated R. And we are the We Come For You cast. And we talk about pro wrestling from a black dude's perspective. Tell them what they can expect on this here podcast. Oh, we gonna give you all the raw and dirty and the everything black from AEW, WWE, Impact Wrestling, and any other wrestling in between. If you want your wrestling unfiltered, uncensored, and you want it raw, you need to subscribe to the We Come For You cast. Right here on SOLC Network.
1: All right, man, we're right back at you real quick with another episode of sports scenario. um, this might be like an emergency episode we have it right here the the culture definitely emergency
0: scared. this is a black emergency.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. this is a black emergency that had headlines on um on like national TV, CBS and whatnot. but as usual man i'm I'm your host Matt Whitener man. I'm back here once again, man. We got my man deep frizz in the building. We got my man Brandon Williams is back in the building, backed by popular demand as well. Um, you might not have even heard the episode from earlier this week yet, but people was buzzing on that one, man. So we appreciate you being able to follow back through because I know you got some things in your heart as well. And it's all surrounding the situation with the uh Brian Flores. Um, how do we call this? Well, let's title this the right way. The Brian <laughs> Flores fill in the blank. What is this? Let's start, B. What you think, man? Where you at with it first? Man, this is
2: this is. This is where I'm at, man. What would I call this? This is oh man. He well, he first of all, he's unearthing a lot of stuff that needs to be talked about. Yeah. So this is this is I'm gonna call this floor as 1.0 because I think it's more that's coming from this. Like this is just the first phase of it. So I'm gonna just right. call this this 1.0 phase right here.
1: Man, I was gonna say fiasco, but it feels bigger than that. Man. It's a it's a uh it's, it's a, it's like Watergate almost, man. We got some, we got proof. We got receipts. We got big names on in there. Darryl, how the you thing, feeling, man? How you I think I
0: think it's, I don't know what I want to call it. Like, like B said, but this is like the wrong principal black man to go after. It's like, you know, a lot of other cats, they would have took that bag them checks for maybe, you know, when we talk about the games and all the different shenanigans, you know, but it was like the super principal black, black man. This is like not nobody getting no money to the table. He like, Buttoned up, like, no, 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 that's not the protocol. And they don't know, they didn't know they got the wrong cat. And like, they're the Miami owner, he's a wild boy. He didn't know who he hired, I guess.
1: <laughs> well, it's, it's a uh, so, so let's, uh, let, let's go back real quick and unpack it a little bit. So, um, you know, as everybody knows by now, uh, now former Miami Dolphins coach Brian Flores came out with some pretty explosive allegations earlier this week about, about really just pure out, straight out discrimination in the hiring practices with the NFL. And uh, we talked about this a little bit on the last episode, but it's, you know, it's it's the, it's the, it's the, it's a topic that everybody knows is out there, but now we're starting to be able to tie things back together with the hiring inequities in the National Football League, especially around the head coach position. And, you know, the funny thing about it is, as all this is coming out, I thought about the conversation, Brandon, that we had earlier this week about how it's a relationship business. And it's, you got to know somebody, you got to know what's going on next. And I think that this really, really, Started in a wild place with the Bill Belichick text.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yo, look, man, you hit the nail on the head, man, with the relationship piece because I was, I was on Instagram yesterday and I, I listened to Marcellus Wiley give some of his commentary on it, though I don't agree 100% with what he's saying. He did bring up the fact that it's about your uh, capital as, uh, as a winner, as far as your experience in your industry. And then it's also a piece of that is about the relationships that you built within the industry. And then he talked about, if we don't have ownership, you can't tell people how to run their stuff because mm-hmm. quite, quite frankly, if it's Black-owned whatever, there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of Black people working in that, in, in that company. And that's just yeah. the nature of the business when you want people to reflect you in your business. But I think Even going deeper than that, because what I'm starting to see is the division between us as a people saying, well, why did he wait so late to come out? Why is he saying it now? If he would have got the job with the Giants, would he be saying this? And then they're saying, well, he ain't, you know, we we always got to have a superhero. And now Colin Kaepernick is our superhero. And we're saying, well, he ain't do it like Cap did it and Cap did this, this, this. And so I'm like, whoa, 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 hold up. Let's pause right now. We got way more context going on with this man getting his first head coaching job. He was having trouble already winning, trying to build a culture, high reputation. And and as D said, this is a highly principled man who's coming into a situation where I want to be above board 100%. And I want to, you know, make sure I'm doing the right things as a black man getting the opportunity to be a head coach of a, of an NFL football team. It just don't happen. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, let's not act like... He's a spook that's up Ka- by the door, B. Yeah, hey, but, <laughs> but my thing is my thing is let's not act like Colin Kaepernick had never seen injustices before he took a knee. Right. Like, everybody has a breaking point. And I think this was the breaking point for Brian Flores, like, yo, man, you tried to play me in the beginning, tell me to, 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 to tank some games, then you fired me unjustly, what I felt like, you know, so let me, I'm not going to say nothing yet, but let me go out here on the market because I'm a black coach and it's hard out here for us, let me try to get another job. And then I find out that y'all plan using me for the Rooney rule because my former boss just, just accidentally set it off for me. That right. was his breaking point. And he like, no, enough is enough. Now I'm done with this. And, and boom, now, now he's taking the knee like Colin Kaepernick. That's, that's just his breaking point. So let's just disintegrate this whole why he didn't talk earlier nonsense and put that to bed. And let's really talk about the facts of what's going on.
1: You know, the easiest thing that I always see, and it just reminds me back that I've been here before. So I feel a little bit more equipped to talk about this situation because, I've been here with the Kaepernick thing already, right? And I'm starting to see some, um, some very similar approaches coming from some very similar places with this thing. Saying like, why didn't you do this? Why did you do that? My thing about it is anytime in life where I'm going to put out, why don't I expect somebody to do something? I'm going to apply it to myself first, right? So why didn't I blow up my spot for my income and the way I support my family and the things I've worked to for my entire life? Like, man, no shit. You, know, you got to understand why I didn't do that. But at the end of the day, there's these other people here, and I've seen people say, oh, well, now that you didn't get a job or you didn't get an opportunity, it's bringing it up. That ain't, that ain't true either, because this is a man that's in the midst of two other interview processes. But here's the reality of it. It falls in between all of those lines. You're in the middle of a process. You get a message of somebody saying, hey, we already going with another guy, but we bringing you in just so that we in compliance. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's an affirmative action, tokenism <laughs> thing right there. You're going to feel a way like that. And then to say that, why don't you, there's no proof to say that he's not still in that situation right now with the opportunities in Houston and the opportunities in New Orleans he's looking at. So it makes all the sense in the world to me for him to call that out right now at this time and to also do it at a time where it's a two-week light on the NFL right before the Super Bowl. Everybody's going to be looking at the NFL and right is Black now. History Month.
2: Well, and why wait? Why wait? Go do why it way. right now. You know what and I mean? And to your point, Matt, to your point, Matt, it's one of the things that if you watch the interview, Ron Flores kept saying it became bigger than me. And I think, like I said, that that straw that broke the camel's back was when he found out he was getting played by the Rooney rule. That made it bigger than him because he could he could consciously say, you know what, that Miami situation could have been an isolated situation. It wasn't necessarily about me, it was about the status of the actual franchise. I just happen to be the dude in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I'm not going to blow up all of that. And because there's other good people in that organization that I respect, that I trust, that I don't want to make it seem like this whole organization is jacked up. But when you come out here and play this game as the NFL saying, oh, we got the Rooney Rule. We're, we're with interviewing African-American candidates, minority candidates and blah, blah, blah. That made it bigger than him. And so as the principal, man, as D said, he like, no, this ain't about me. It's bigger than me now. I can't hold, I can't sit on this particular thing right now. And he had to let it go, man. And, and here's the thing
1: for me about it is, is, that when I look, there's so many layers of this thing. So I like, I want to dive into this because this is like a, I don't know, this is like a deep dish pizza, seven layer salad. <laughs> However, it's you 70, slice it. like 77 pages is the documents. Well, I'm just talking about the, all the things that go around it, though, outside of that. So, like, I guess the craziest place I want to start at is, the um, is number one, the uh, allegations of the 100 k being offered per <laughs> loss. Now, that's crazy on a lot <laughs> of different levels, right? Because how are you going to come to me and tell me to throw games, essentially, so you can get a better draft pick, you're going to pay me for it, but then ultimately... I'm no fool. I know that if I don't win games, that opens up the door for you to go ahead and bring somebody else in and get me out anyway. So at the end of the day, basically, you're giving him a golden parachute already to be replaced. And he's going with it so that you can get a draft pick. Now, B, I'm going to throw this to you, man, because as an ex-player and as somebody that's been out there in the line of fire doing what it is, I mean, damn, man, you return kicks. You don't get no more in the line of fire than that <laughs> unless you got like the, the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line, but we already went there. But you right. know what I'm saying? It's uh, how do you go to guys of being a leader of men, like a coach in NFL, and basically put them in a position to not
2: succeed? That's my you, practice. That's, that's, that is the worst of the worst because think about what he's being asked to do. Number one, he's being asked to take and, and throw games basically in the trash and undermine his own uh, coaching ability, right? He's also putting guys in positions that he wouldn't normally put them in. And who knows if a guy would have got hurt, if a guy didn't get the stats that he needed to get to get a bonus. Now you got all these guys coming back full circle, looking at him like, yo, you played me. Second of all, what if he would have went along with it? Yeah. Then you then you fire him. What is he gonna what are he gonna say? Oh, they fired me after I went along with this scan. Oh, so you went along with the scandal, and now you <laughs> right. got fired. You he yeah. had no Lexus. The only card he could play, which was the right card, was to not do it and then sit on it and, and, and come out on and see if he could come out on the other side. He he always said he had the hope and he kept betting on. He was betting on his experience and his ability to get the team in the right direction. And what did he do the next season? It went 10 and six. The very next season, they went 10 and 6. And I think what really happened was towards the end of that season, it was them and, and, and Cincinnati who had the worst uh records in the league. Since they had like two wins, Cincinnati had no wins. They were terrible, right? But what ended up happening is Joe Burrow, Joe. Burrow started lighting it up at the end of that college football season. He made a Heisman run. He made a national championship run, and he ran up the draft board. And Steven Ross is sitting there like, oh, my gosh, we can get uh, Joe Joe Burrow. Hey, bro, we only two games behind Cincinnati in the tank for Joe situation because, really, nobody's talking about tanking for Joe – Remember, they were talking about tanking for Tua. Yep. They was trying mm-hmm. to get – the fan base was trying to get this man to tank for Tua. Y'all, y'all got Tua, so why y'all mad Work at him? him? And they, then not they offer Tua like three first-round picks to Cincinnati to try to get Joe Burrow? They they tried to get uh, in, in their position to be the first pick because they probably – now, look, they probably still would have got Tua, though. That's what I'm saying. But you're asking this man to tank these games – and as a leader of men, you lose all integrity. You lose the ability to sleep at night. You lose the respect of your wife, the respect of <laughs> your children, the respect of your all. Oh, hey, you lose the respect of Bill Belichick, who we already know. We already know the stuff that he's has done. And you you can't look, you know what I mean? So he had too much at stake to lose right. to go along with this scenario because. You know, I, I see some of the narrative was like, well, why would Ross fire him? If he's going to pay him the 100 k why would he fire him? Because he want to. It's his yeah. t- He <laughs> can do what the hell he want do. to do. So no so right, you have right, to have no that just cause. You have to have no just Well, if you want to, you're the owner. Listen, <laughs> have, you, have you ever heard of a guy named David Cully who had a five-year contract with the Houston, Texas, for, and he got paid $22 million in that first year, and they fired his butt? He thought yeah. he was going to stay on, too. Come on, and like his, so and,
1: and, and you know the ironic thing about it is is that you know, we know what drives teams in the NFL, right? You know, if you get the right guy in the center, you're in a whole different situation, you know. But yeah, you know, the whole thing was in place for Tua. Tua was the guy for you know, almost as long as Trevor Lawrence was the guy, or as for as long yep. as Andrew Luck was the guy, you know what I mean? But you know, they get in there, Tua gets hurt, so he slides anyway, and you get to the place that you were at. Here's the ironic thing about this, though, in the middle of all of this. I don't want to get too far away from the point about Brian Flores and coaching, is, is that it's a, it's, a, it's a game of inches when it comes to draft day because the very next pick with the sixth pick is Justin Herbert.
2: And if you <laughs> yep. take
1: Justin Herbert and you put him in Miami, completely different situation. We're in a completely said, none of
2: this is happening. They said that Flores wanted Herbert over mm-hmm. Tua. Mm. So, yeah. so now, like, let's look at this scenario. One scenario is saying Joe Burrow is the lightning rod. The other, the other, the media storm and the fan base of Miami is saying tank for Tua. And your head coach is like, well, your head coach, who, by the way, is not going along with the tanking scenario, right. wants Justin Herbert. So we got three different scenarios at play and the coach is always going to lose. The coach is going to mm-hmm. lose if the owner is saying this is who I want, and this is who you should, you're going to get. So, so Brian Flores was in the in the lose losing the whole situation to begin with, even if and he so, won.
1: And the wild thing about it is, is that all right. So you look at what he did this past season. You know, they start off one and seven, turn things around, get to where they're at. There was a point in that season where Tua got hurt and clearly could play, but Flores kept him out. Because he was never Flores's guy. He yep. started a game with Jacoby Brissett a uh, week maybe 10 or so or 11, it yeah. feels like. And then Brissett got banged up. He put two in. of very clearly easily could have played in that first half, but yep. he wasn't his guy. And he already knew that. But we already very clearly see that Tua was the guy for Stephen Ross. Tua was the guy that was going to move jerseys. And I'm not here to indict Tua Tagovailoa for what he's done, you know what I'm saying? I mean, maybe he's going to become a guy, maybe he's not. I'm very confident saying he's not Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert. I'm, I can say that right now, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> yeah. when you're saddled with a guy who already was never your choice, you've already been put the pressure on to go up and, and ruin a season to get another guy, who knows what kind of trouble he got for not going being in a position to get Burrow. He already got the grief for that. You're forced to pass on a guy that you probably know is the better player in Herbert, and you got to move forward for two seasons,
2: seeing what that would have been about. Man, that's a terrible place to be. He in. had to, he had to be perfect. Yeah. He had to be perfect. He went 10 and 6 his second season. You cannot start one and seven. You, nope. You just can't do it. So after the one and set, it didn't even matter that he won the eight straight. Who cares? I'm already firing this guy. He already pissed me off previously with the, thing. with the thing of not tanking to get who I wanted. And to get. and the
0: meeting with um Brady. Remember he was supposed to, he was supposed to tamper to get Brady.
1: <laughs> Have we named that as Brady? Are we? We just go ahead and put yeah. allegedly. And look, y'all this is a key
0: point. I think Journalism one on
1: one, man. I just taught you about this before. You guys start saying allegedly.
0: No, 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 no. no. So I mean, up, up, like your like girl Cardi B. I'm got just technically put. still a guest on here, so they could just, you know, I'm technically still a
1: guest. Hey, you're you're the, a co-proprietor. That thing. is you that's
0: true. Allegedly,
1: uh, <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. allegedly, allegedly, was
0: Brady. But <laughs> the gambling aspect, I think, is going to be the killers because if you're paying someone to tank. And you're in business now with these these gambling facilities, these, you know, uh, these Hollywood casinos and all this kind of... Well, hold on now. That means that you're messing up some
2: other bread. And look, that is a federal offense. That's a federal crime. It is illegal on a federal level to tamper and bribe in games. That's illegal up to (laughs) five years. So you're basically saying your owner came directly to you on some fed stuff. So Brian Flores is the genius. Like, why? Why am I going to take this money? I'm basically going to be getting ready to go to jail right now. Because if, if anything yeah, goes down, they're going to blame go to it jail. on me anyway. So if it yeah. goes on, it's like, oh, I didn't know Brian was doing that.
0: Uh, uh, maybe he's so, got some gambling thing. Uh, gambling habit. Did you you check the last time he been to Vegas? Like, like
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, so that I mean, like, the, that's a very very wild thing. So when let, let's let's shift the conversation there real quick and put that on. Stephen Ross and what that really could look like. Because you also had um, you had um, Hugh Jackson that came out as well and it said some things, very similar situation with Jimmy Haslam up in um up in Cleveland. Like that's when I start to see this thing have branches on the tree that uh, this could get real wild. And these
2: veins could run real deep. I'm glad you brought that up too, because I wanted to make it I wanted to make it very clear. Because what we'll do, what we'll do as fans, what we'll do as humans is we'll start to say, okay that monkey did it, all the rest of these monkeys is doing it, right? I think we need to kind of level set. And you see, look, every team don't, don't need to tank. So I'm not going to sit here and say that all every team does this and mm-hmm. then y'all know that NFL games is rigged because that's <laughs> foolishness because right. that's silly. And you still, you can try. You can try to tank. That don't mean it's going to actually work. So that lets you know that it's not freaking rigged. Because to rig something, everybody has to be in. Well, not everybody, but it's a lot of people that has to be in on the rig for something to go down as rigged. Because guess Absolutely. what? There are still players on the field who actually can make decisions, determine outcomes, guys get hurt. It's too much going on. It's not like boxing where, hey, all I need is a judge, one judge, and one trainer, and I can fix a whole fight to eternity right easy and so i want to just make sure we're talking about miami we're talking about cleveland and we clearly know that philly tanked in 20 we know philly did the same thing but that i'm but we're what we're talking about is something that's lack of criminal offense right i don't think that laurie went to peterson and said i will pay you a (laughs) hundred k if you take my man out the game and lose yeah. this last game, right? That's what we're talking about. So yeah. we we know that in sports, sometimes teams will take some time back and say, I'm gonna get in this position. NBA does it, baseball does it, clear, they do it big time. Oh, yeah. And then now that we see that it is a small percentage of the culture in the NFL to say, hey, my team sucks. Let's let's lose a few, let's not lose, let you know, let's not put our best foot forward. This week, But it's not a universe. The Cowboys ain't tanking. The 49ers ain't tanking. The Patriots ain't tanking. Right. The Atlanta Falcons, Kansas City. These teams is not these franchises not tanking. Right. Right. So I just wanted that to be. Yeah. Clear. You're not seeing a, you're not seeing a scripted out. Like if you turn
1: on Monday Night Raw, you gonna They know <laughs> what the business was before the thing kicked off. In football, in baseball, in any other sport, really, man, that stuff can change in a second. So I'm not going to go ahead and equate all things that impact the scoreboard the same. For example, when a guy is running the clock, we've seen Ty Gurley did it with the Rams a few years ago several times. He could have scored, but he went down. Strategy, keep the clock moving. Don't score because then you give the ball back to him. That's not tanking. That's not fixing the score. That's trying to make things go a particular way. In the same mindset, the Green Bay Packers lost to the Detroit Lions in the last week of the season. They sat guys down because it was for the bigger picture. You could say that's tanking, but it didn't matter. However, if you're coming into the game before it starts (laughs) and says, you have a chance to win this game, and I do not want you to take that chance. I want you to lose. Meanwhile, you have millions of dollars that are riding on that game and the outcome of it. That is a criminal federal offense that undermines the entire um, integrity of the NFL and in anybody's trust to be able to do it. And especially what makes it worse during the time when leagues, every major sports league is striking officially sponsored deals to bring gambling into the game. (laughs) That is a black eye unlike anything else that I could think of. That's as serious as you talk about baseball, the 1919 Black Sox, when they literally threw the World Series on purpose and swung tons and thousands and thousands of dollars of, with inflation, is millions of dollars of betting money at that time.
2: Yeah, and I mean, when you tie, like I said, when you tie the aspect of I'm going to bribe you to do it, that changed the game. Now you can come to me and say, I want you to tank. Because this is my franchise and I don't want I want to get the first pick. Like, hey, Matt, D, take out the starters. <laughs> hey, I'm calling y'all on the sideline. Take the starters out right now. We about to get Joe Burrow. Right. <laughs> I ain't paying y'all. I'm already paying y'all a salary, so I ain't giving you no money under the table. That's that's the difference, though. You could you could do that. This is your, you got the right to be a clown and do that. But when you start tying it to financial gain. That's a federal crime. Yeah. And now we have some issues. And if you're telling me that they have a witness who was there. Right. It's like cocaine cowboys or something. It's like a scene from
0: cocaine cowboys. It feels like, like you're getting on the oh. boat. Like, well, I want you to do something for me. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's some cash over there. Go look in that case real quick. Oh, yeah, it's it's 100, a 100000 in here. I need you to go and a, lose these last four games.
1: That's a mad, mad serious thing that's going to come up, but I think that that's going to potentially take on its own life next to this whole thing, like what that does. But that's an example of when you really want to blow the top off of something, you can do it because uh, he clearly separated himself from it, said that was an issue that was outside of this, but it just underscored the nature of that relationship. I believe that the secondary coach in Miami that's still on the staff now came out and corroborated it yesterday too and mm. said that that was something that's out there as well. So and that was the others- witness... No, there's another witness that's outside of it, you know? So, it like, it's, it's gaining steam. It's been, like, 48 hours. You know oh what I mean? God. So that's going to take on its own life. But there's been some other things in it, tying it back to Brian Flores as well, that are that are also I'm curious about. I'm really curious about your outlook on this one, is the Denver Broncos situation. You know, like, I feel like the Denver Broncos caught a stray. And, like, this, <laughs> this thing is going on, and they just caught a stray walking out there. But it's a hell of a stray because, again, it's calling the integrity – and the seriousness of the process that this that this particular individual is going through, where they say that you know John Elway and I believe the, uh, the the one of the owners of the GM of the team came to the interview drunk or hungover or whatever like that. Man, that's a hell of a straight to catch, man. Because you know you might show up like that for any kind of interview if you do exactly. life like that. <laughs> but that still is a thing to put out there, though. You know what I mean? So I I don't know, man. The Broncos thing, the Broncos thing is before he was even the coach of the Dolphins. Like, it just is kind of showing how the situation is and what it's like to go through for the, for other coaches. Now, that opens up an interesting Pandora's box for me, though, where I say, all right, so what do other guys say about the interview process? Does that bring in how other teams have done it? Because Florida certainly isn't the only guy that probably interviewed as a
2: compliance interview. Am, am I wrong? No. Well, they didn't they interview Leslie Frazier and another guy, Graham? They they interviewed two black coaches before interviewing Flores. Right. So the thing is, why did you waste Flores's time? You already met the Rooney rule before you interviewed Flores. They're going to say, and I think that that's going to
1: be the type of thing where I think the Broncos, including that Broncos situation in this, was a little odd to me because with that being on the table, they're going to say, listen, y'all, we was out here doing what we were supposed to do. We got multiple people in there. I think showing up to an interview throw it is a little, little bit of a way. You know what I mean? But, I mean, that's bad customer experience. But I don't know if it necessarily adds to the case or not, you know. It reminds me of the That's joke
0: from Richard Pryor when he's like, I'm, when, if I go to jail, I'm become a double Muslim. That's them. Like, they was like, I'm going to be like a triple. I'm tripling down on my black hires, But y'all can't say we didn't do nothing right.
1: You so, know? you know, and I was talking I was talking with somebody yesterday who made a really good point about this, where he said that really the people you want to hear step up is you want to hear people like David Culley step up to like the point you just brought up. You want to hear people like Steve Wilkes step up who got axed after one year out of Arizona and that team didn't stand a chance. They stood no chance, but they Sorry. got, they got just enthralled by Cliff Kingsbury for whatever that's worth. And said, we got to have this guru come in. Now Steve Wilkes is the DC at Mizzou. Like he's not even in the picture anywhere close to these chances. And Caldwell it goes back too, to uh, Matt
0: Caldwell too.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, that's a little bit different situation there because he had a multi-year, but I'm talking about guys that are one and done okay. in and out like that. And it goes back to the thing that I, that I said about that 2.5-year stat. You know what I'm saying? That draws that way back down. And they're not even close to getting another chance. Like David Culley ain't getting another coaching job. On what merit? Be, taking
2: the Texans to 4-12 and 12 when he got hired like two months before the season? Or whatever no. it was, he was the last guy hired. And that's why it makes no sense that Brian Flores wasn't immediately scooped up and put into a position to be another a head coach of another team. This yeah. guy, his resume shows you this man can coach. This man can galvanize the team. Why is he not first in line interview to come, especially if you're a new GM, you fresh yeah. in the game? Right. Like, it just really doesn't make sense. And so, I like I said, man, I think this whole him getting interviewed when the Giants already having their guy was the straw that broke the camel's back, man you just don't do stuff like that for no reason just so you can make it seem like you're doing something that you have no actual intentions on executing on it didn't matter what this man said in that interview it was all for show it was all pomp and circumstance and he came in there making him look like a fool an embarrassment and a clown and his lawyers in the interview in the in the interview on TV so when we got those text messages, we sent them right to the news the day before his interview. The day before uh, he went to go interview for the Giants, his lawyers had already sent those text messages on Wednesday to the news. So they were sitting up, on it. They were sitting on it because they knew he wasn't going to get the job because this man, Debo, already had the job. And what's so funny is they asked him, didn't they ask him, wouldn't you want Debo on your
0: staff? Like, wouldn't he be a nice person to have on your step? And they hired him as the head coach.
1: Bro, that's, that's over the top disrespectful right there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, I don't even got the words for that. But, like, let's look at the people that have gotten the jobs. And you talk about, you know, when you talk about Brian Flores and what his fit is. You know, Josh McDaniels, you know, has twice been in that seat. You know, once been in that seat. I'm sorry. And, you know, and, and it thrilled nobody. He's got a 39% win percentage. He's the Lane Kiffin of the NFL. But then, you know, you've got Matt Eberflus who comes up. You've got Nathaniel Hackett. you got Brian Dayboe got jobs. You just got word that Kevin O'Connell out in L.A. is going to get the uh, Minnesota job, which leaves open the Vikings. I mean, leaves open the Dolphins job, which obviously he wasn't going to go back to. The Jaguars, the Texans, and the Saints. You know what I mean? So when we said that thing about that one and a half over under black coaches getting hired last week, I said it with absolute confidence there was no mathematical way that that was going to happen. But – but now I start to see offensive coordinators from the Los Angeles Rams who has absolutely who's just basically a glorified quarterbacks coach because there is nobody calling shots on that team that ain't Sean McVay. <laughs> but
2: Sean McVay, he doesn't know that he, he has job. he has every right to do that because he's a freaking he's he's on point right now. He is a yes. very good football mind. I'm not gonna stunt on him. He ain't no jangle no, call him a freak, I ain't gonna call him a football genius because he ain't won nothing yet, yeah. But – he is a very elite mind when it comes to the game of football. And yeah. I just don't. Well, that's a good tree to pick from, but it's a
1: redundancy next to it. But how many times
2: to... we going to pick from this age? Like, how huh? all of y'all ain't dope. All of y'all ain't good. Like, come on, man. I mean, we see the trees that got good fruit and the ones
1: that got bad fruit. And I'm going to go out and say that that Brian Flores is maybe the best fruit that's ever come
2: from the Belichick tree. I agree. Put it that way. Well, you do, you do have Mike Rabel. But did Mike Rabel coached the, the Patriots, though, right? He, he didn't just play. He coached, too, didn't he? Or did he I just go? Look,
1: I'd have to look I think at it. No, Mike just, Rabel was at Ohio
2: State. That's what I was getting ready to say. I think he just played and then went. So you got a point. Flores is by far the best. I mean, even Josh McDaniels, who you would expect to have the success because he is literally his son, in foot, his football son, he went to Denver and I don't know if you guys seen uh, the podcast where DJ Williams uh, was talking about the I Am Athlete podcast where DJ Williams was talking about that season because Josh was only there for two years. 09. Right, was just, just undoing. <laughs> well, what happened was they what DJ Williams said was that the NFL unearthed that he was doing some Spygate stuff with the Broncos. They immediately fired him. And DJ Williams was like, "Yo, we lost every game after that, <laughs> but before that, we knew everything that the teams was doing." And he was like, "And I was wondering, how do we know everything they doing?" And he said, "After that, it was a wrap." We he said, "Hold on, oh, they said the they, he said they lost every game after that." After that, <laughs> he said, "We we was terrible after after Josh left." He said, "He was terrible because before when he was there, we had all the information." We had right. all. We knew everything about the team.
1: Yeah, the game, Genie code. You knew how to get them yeah. thirty lives so you could move forward. And
2: exactly. so let me.
1: We talk about Belichick, and this is. I think that this is going to open up the bigger conversation. Of, it links back to what we talked about last time about when you know somebody, it's great in the league. So here's the Belichick coaching tree officially. Al Gro. Um. All right, Nick Saban. I'm not counting college. I'm just talking about as a pro. There wasn't nothing to write home about. Fifteen and seventeen as a head coach. Romeo Cornell. That wasn't great. Part of that's the Browns. Part of that was Romeo. Eric Mangini. That was all Eric Mangini. Jim Schwartz. Uh Josh McDaniels. Bill O'Brien. Matt Patricia, Brian Flores, and Joe Judge, who lit himself on fire on the way out of New York. Yeah, that this was this just- past year. <laughs> But those are the people that are getting the opportunities because they're in the network and they're in the pedigree and they see them attached to Bill and everybody always wants to replicate what's been successful before. We saw that with Don Shula. We saw that with Bill Walsh. We've seen it through Mike Holmgren, who came from the Walsh Street. We've seen that through the history of the league. But here's the thing, though, and here's the problem with this. Like you see Brian Flores be a part of that and you see Romeo Cornell be a part of that. But there's also a coordinator's problem in this league when it comes to access and opportunity, too. It's both a glass ceiling, but it's also a ladder that's hard to get to a level on. So that's cutting people off at the pass, pass of getting through. And it just goes further to show that this network and the way that things are set up and this, um, you know, the idea of people even getting those very slim opportunities. It, it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm almost at the point where if I was an elite black coach, I would be going to college. The money's better. You can get a little bit longer leash on what you got to do. You get in good with the right boosters. You're in the right place. You ain't got to worry about
2: the AD. The AD ain't as
1: powerful as an NFL
2: owner. Why
1: even bother? And it's more with opportunities.
2: NFL? And it's more opportunities, man. It's right. a bigger it's a bigger pond, and you got way more opportunities. More longevity. You got plenty of opportunities. You're gonna always have a job. I'm with you. And you can I'm make with you, you can make
0: the you can make yourself the brand more in college too, as a college coach, like. You're the brand of Nick Saban. You're the brand of this coach. And you like Dion, what Dion's doing is like changing up the game. And when it comes to the branding for you as a
1: coach, yeah, I mean, the opportunities are just crazy like that. So I don't know. I mean, looking at where we're at right now, I, I, I'm i curious to see what's going to happen. I know how I feel about it. I don't see any way in hell that Flores moves forward. But just for the sake of uh, a <laughs> devil's advocate here you know, have had a... You saw Mickey Loomis came out and said that he had a phenomenal interview with the Saints uh, yesterday.
0: Of course you he better, said that. <laughs> you
2: better... <laughs> you blah, better blah, 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 you blah. Are you going to that? hire him, Mickey? That is the question. Now, now, Matt, I don't know if you're
0: going this, sir, and you're saying if he gets hired to the Saints, does he can't still keep the lawsuit? Is that what you're saying?
1: I don't see how you can't drop the lawsuit now. That thing is... That's bigger than him. Like he already said, that's already bigger than him. Here's the difference. The league caught way a lot of heat for the way the Kaepernick thing was handled. Now, apparently, it wasn't lasting heat. You know, they got the little banners on the back of the helmet. They got the little end zone spray paint last year. You see how they got away from that real quick. You know what I'm saying? Paid him off. Boom, boom, boom. Gave Jay-Z a gig. We got brothers doing the halftime of the Super Bowl. What else you want from us? Well, we got a list of things here, actually. So actually, the, so, yeah, actually, we're not done yet. We see you bringing a couple brothers in for GM. That's what's up. But you also got two franchises that's going to be for sale here before too long. We need one of them to land in the community, my man. We're tired of that, for sure. And I ain't talking about minority stakes. I'm talking about at the table with the 32 seats around it. There needs to be a brother there. Absolutely. And here's the thing about it. it also, if you're going to learn from what you've done already in the past, and you're going to say one thing don't got nothing to do with the other, then hire Brian Flores. Hire him. He's clearly fit for the job. If he's interviewing well, that's another thing. The lawsuit, hey, maybe he's got the lawsuit against the league or whatever like that. But if you still feel a way about it, and he's and you really want to prove that it's about whoever is the best fit for the job, hire him, and then don't yeah. give him a two-year window.
2: And I think I think your point is valid because I think right now is the time. If we're going to have a a, a black owner of an NFL franchise, it has to be within this next this next three to five-year span and i only say that because if you you got to have a 30% stake in the in the team to be the majority owner right mm-hmm. well in the next 3 to 5 years with the tv money the gambling money most franchises are going to be 5 plus billion dollar franchises <laughs> what yeah. what brothers you know walking around <laughs> with 2.5 with and they, and, 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 and you got to finance that other 2.5. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you, you, we going to get astronomical here and they're going to price us out the business. Right. So if we're going to do it and, and look, that's people don't like, that's not chump change, man. That's real scratch. <laughs> oh, that's real ain't money no Jay-Z right just walking up doing that. Now ain't no, no, nah, no. Nah, nah, this ain't no hip hop deal right here you got to have some Wall Street paper and connections to come up off of that type of stuff. And so we got to get it now. Well, you got to, I already be, told you what I think about the whole, you know, my brother, Robert Smith and his bid for the Broncos. It ain't happening. So that's a great point. So
1: let's, let's jump into that for a second here. So here's the thing, the people that you think is rich, ain't as rich as those guys. They're not. No, no, they're not oh as rich God. as those guys. The, the 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 least wealthy guy that owns the NFL team, I believe, is either Al Davis or the Spanos family, if I'm if I'm remembering right. He got more money than the cats that you look into as being rich. It's just a difference. It's well, like well, well, you- the difference
0: is, man, is that before ownership was just like I just kind of do it on the side. I make more bre- They're making bread from actually being owners. Now, before it was like your hobby. Like I own a team.
1: Uh, owning a sports team ain't exactly a, a huge revenue generator on the level of money like those guys make. Yeah, like you can no. get you can get to it, but like David Tepper just bought into the uh, just bought into the Panthers two years ago. He's six point five billion, and he's the second richest. No, he's the richest NFL owner right yeah, now. Yeah,
2: he's the richest
1: since Paul Allen uh, 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 died. So I mean, he's the richest NFL owner at six point five billion. But that ain't six point
2: five billion in assets. That's him. Like you to be that's on a balance
0: sheet. That is liquid six point (laughs) five. Yes.
2: He can yes, he can get liquid six point five bills. Like if we got if we have enough, if we have enough paper sitting around to give him the six point five bill, he can go pull it up. That's the the difference. It ain't tied up into no company and no houses and no 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 no. cash. Like it ain't no let's put let's put this into example here, because
1: we in St. Louis and people feel in a way about how the whole S- settlement went down for the Rams whatnot. So when the Rams settlement came down, I looked to say, what does this really mean against the value of the St. Louis Rams? In 2020, the St. Louis Rams generated an estimate, $400 million from what they did that year as a business, right? Stan paid 7.750 million million in the settlement. He almost paid two years worth of value of what he generates from that team. And he did it and he kept on walking and he's going to make that back in two years. Stan didn't care. Stan didn't care about that amount. And here's the, here's the crazy part about it. Even if you would have raised it up to that 1.1 billion that everybody kind of was fixated on or whatever, Stan could have done it because Stan is real money, real money. And to bring it home, we just don't have that many brothers that got that kind of money. Now, maybe you can try to put a couple of them together, but I'm also going to say the history of Black collaboration in the business I was just going to say that, man. That, I was just going to lend that to me. We get a singular
0: me, a entity here to do this first one. This first one can't be a crew. We've seen how the yeah. crews go down. We don't need a crew for this purchase. We need one brother work. to go in, purchase it, and come
1: on out. Then we can yeah. do a crew love after that. Yeah, <laughs> that's not going to work. That's not going to work. So it's a big problem, man. And the barriers of entry are a real thing. I, The skeptic of me got to step up now. So I don't see the NFL. The NFL is willing to, again, put some sands on some helmets. You know what I'm saying? Have some commercials, you know put some brothers at the halftime of the game. But when you really want to bring somebody to the table, mm, I don't know. And here's another thing that I think is going to hit people over the head. I got the feeling that the brother that ever does make it to the table, he ain't going to be the kind of brother you think. You he heard him gonna come be, right. He ain't going to be coming your brother. In there. Yeah. That's, he ain't going to be a brother. Not your brother. Just, not yeah, your brother. <laughs> you, he ain't voting for the same people you voting for. Let me just right. throw he that don't, he, he don't care about the same stuff you care about. Trust me. Not at all. Not at all. So... I,
0: you're uh, saying Bob Johnson's
1: up next. Nah, Bob Johnson done that already. He ain't rolling back. No, but no, I'm saying a Bob Johnson-esque person. It's going to be, well, first of all, when you get to that kind of money, there is no other type of person. I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of the people that you're looking up to, for one thing, when they step and they draw the curtain in that ballot box, they're not doing the same thing you're doing when you go into that, when you go to vote either. I yeah. hate to tell you, but if all these votes was public, I know plenty of people who don't <laughs> believe in some of these things, but it's good for the way that they live. And it's hard to blame him for it. Trump probably the first cat that came around. Let's keep it one hundred all the way around. He probably the first cat that came around and made some people finally be like, "All right, man, I can't bet, for, I can't vote for my money right now." But on the local level, I will. But I can't vote for this cat. That's probably the first time that that happened. So maybe the maybe the second go round, not the first though. Yeah, exactly, absolutely. It, so this is a wild situation, man. Um, B, give me some predictions, man. Like, how do you see this playing out? Number one for Brian Flores, but then also for just what does this do
2: to the league? Like, how how crazy do you think this really can get? Well, it's a few different scenarios, man. Number one, I don't think Brian Flores will be a coach, maybe ever again. They're gonna they're going to collude. We cannot prove it. They're going to collude, and you better not ever hire Brian Flores. He just he's trying to take us out. Number two, these are serious allegations that are going to his, his lawsuit is a serious allegation, but it probably will get thrown out on some technicalities just depending on how they uh, litigate it. Um, But if he has witnesses like true witnesses that can corroborate the fact that Ross did try to do that, he will get bought out. There's no way, there's no way that they're going to not, not, not the fact that, Brian Flores is going to bow out the fact that it won't be a judge in the United States. in whatever circuit court district that they will uh, have hear this case is going to allow Stephen Ross to go to jail because he got too much paper yeah. and gonna they're going to pay it off. Yeah. So they're going to pay Flores off and then they're going to pay this off and get this case out of the way. Those are the two scenarios that I see kind of happening. We're going to do a lot of yelling and screaming on social media about what needs to be done. The Rooney Rule. Let's remember, though, let's remember how the Rooney Rule even first came into place. Johnny Cochran and one other lawyer went to the NFL and said, y'all need to fix this or we're going to go to court. And we know Johnny Cochran don't play. Now, I don't know who, I don't know, you know, what what high power, high stakes lawyers that we have out here who are willing to go fight like that uh, and say, look, the Rooney Rule was good, a good start, but we need something else. We need to change it up. And if you don't change it up, we willing to fight this thing. I'm willing to put my whole career on this and fight till I'm 100 years old. And he old. just
0: got OJ off, and they already knew he meant business.
2: They knew. <laughs> they knew. Yeah. No, this was no, this was before. This was before OJ. Oh look, this, this was before OJ. OJ. Because let me think. When I think did the rule rules mean?
1: only about 20 years in the game, OJ about 25. Yeah, OJ's okay, is okay.
2: 95. Okay, so he okay. He was hot off the
0: OJKs. He was hot. He so he was, hot. yeah, so he was hot off. He OJ. dropped, dropped he that, was, that first single.
2: That first was single time, was cooking out know there. What I'm, saying? I'm Johnny Cochran. I'm the baddest, the baddest brother out here with a JD behind my name. You yep. better get mine right. And NFL was, you know, all right, all right, all right. Let's chill. Let's chill. Because these yeah. cats weren't no billionaires back then. You know what I'm saying? It was only they ain't <laughs> have as much, they ain't have as much clout. Now they got a lot of clout, man. Now they got more influence, more money, more paper, just, just more, everything. And so it's going to be a little bit harder, man. It's, it's, it's not going to be a, a media firestorm is going to change anything. Yeah. It's going to have to be some real litigation, some real legal legalese happening, laws broken, and being able to prove a case in court. And even when you prove that case, how, how big is the check that you want? Will they and pull Stephen Ross
0: out? Like, look here, man. Like they did with uh, with Ursa, Like, look here, man. Uh, it's been good, <laughs> uh,
2: but we, we we gonna have to let you go. <laughs> that could be a, that that could be a scenario where Stephen Ross has to relinquish his authority over the team, where he takes a step back and let let maybe you know family or whoever take over the team and run the team. That could that could very well happen because if it's some legal stuff like that, I think as a part of that settlement, you want to say. I'll settle if he has to walk away for five years or 10 years or lifetime. You know, I- I'll take this money if we actually get to see in the court of public opinion that he actually did something wrong and he admitted it and he's serving some some public time, not necessarily some prison time, right? Other than that, man, nah, dog. This man <laughs> so, is his his name is on the University of Michigan Business School. I know. He got I too mean, many people behind him, man.
1: I mean, we went through, we could have another Enron situation on our hand where they started taking the name, Kenneth Lay name off stuff, but I don't know. Here's my thing about it is, is that the, the, the thing that I don't want to see happen um, in the aftermath of, I remember when Colin Kaepernick settled and so many people, people that do not even watch football, I can't even remember. I know we talked about this when it happened, all the people talk about they were boycotting the league. I'm like, you don't watch football anyway, man, shut up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how many women I've seen and ain't said nothing about the NFL since then and how many cats I already know that don't watch the game unless it's somebody playing. Like, they was just like, oh, I ain't watching football. I'm like, baby, you don't watch football as is. Like, you're making a point that you don't got to make. But the thing is, at the end of the day, I look at it and I say, I don't want for us to get back and Brian Flores takes a settlement, which is a very reasonable thing that happens in lawsuits pretty frequently that's actually a win in a lawsuit and people say, oh, he compromised. Or, oh, he bent the knee, ain't nothing going to change and things like that. Like, everybody wants overnight change with this thing. And I understand that. And I get it. But I think that sometimes you got to keep striking at the hull of things before it eventually breaches. And this is one hell of a swing he's taking at it. But I really think that the strength of what's going to happen is going to be if other people decide to stand with him. Because let's be real about cap. Yeah, a couple people took some knees with him, made a couple of uh, public gestures, but nobody else really stood up with him. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was it, like Eric Reed was there with him
2: as well. Yeah. You know, but nobody stood up with him and nobody else lost their stripes like he did. I think I mean, I think you got Hugh Jackson coming out, making the valid statements that he's making. And he said he got receipts. I think it's enough. You can get enough groundswell. The problem I have with Brian Flores right now. Is he didn't get no black attorneys? He didn't get no black attorneys. The optics should have told you to get some black. Are attorneys. they Jewish though? That's that. I don't care. I, no, no. You there, could have had the Jew. You could have had the Jew dudes on in the second and third seat. Yes. But you need to have some brothers. But they also and, New York
0: lawyers though too, though, B. They're New York lawyers. That's different than what Cap Cap had them L.A. lawyers. Once again though,
2: once again, optics. Yeah. You still, gain a, you still want to gain public opinion. You still want to get other players to, to buy to be like, yeah, man. You still want to get other coaches to be like, yeah, no, man. No, you're look. right. That's a good point. And he got these brothers out here representing them. And they put together a masterful case. You know what I mean? And you can't even knock these brothers. You see what I'm saying? But you got you got you know, you got the lawyers who you got. And we already seen the first few sentences of their case that they put out which was trash, was the, so the plantation saying, part, the plantation what, part. What are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing here, man? Come it was on, written man.
0: like somebody white that thinking how black people would want to be, uh, want exactly. to stating something.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. There was, um there, there was, there was a very opening statement on, um on the uh, first take, not first take, I'm sorry, get up the yesterday. The first thing the guy said, I was like, Whoa, you coming, you swinging. You ain't set yourself up for that statement yet. I got to go back and look at it. But, I was just kind of like, man, you're swinging too heavy right now at the moment to to start right there. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how it works out. Um, I I do think I'm really inclined to kind of agree with you, B. I do think that it's going to kind of be one of them things where we're going to have some noise. It's going to be a thing. But this is a hard, hard case to win. I think it's more of an awareness situation and it's substantiating something that we already knew and believed. But, you know, historically, you know, even the, at the highest levels of court, they've been really, really apprehensive about getting involved in the business practices of pro sports because then you start to get into things like antitrust laws and, you know, we've let you do these things for so long and regulate yourself. So if we get involved here, where do we have to stop, you know, and they've really just been pretty apprehensive to get involved in that because you got to remember how deep the money in this thing runs and it touches some of those lawmakers as well. You know, so they don't want to get involved in it going so far. You got to remember how long it took for baseball to even end up in front of some senators for some things that, that, that still what didn't come away. Steroids still didn't come away being an absolute law in Major League Baseball until years later. So, I mean, it, these things take a lot of time. And I'm really worried that it, I, I sometimes struggle to see about how you can force somebody to hire somebody in a privately held business. Now, that's a much bigger, much bigger issue. And I think it just comes to the fact to me where I say, why even have the Rooney rule? Because at this point, it's just becoming kind of a ceremonial thing. It's a joke.
2: It's a joke. Why have the rule? We need to change the rule. We need to put some different parameters. But I will say this. Bobby Rush, a Democrat from the state of Illinois, he did uh, call for a hearing on the issue of systematic race in the NFL today. Oh, this is brand, oh, wow, this is fresh. This is brand new. <clears throat> okay. uh, yesterday, actually yesterday, yesterday evening, he called for a hearing to be had. So this is what I, he, And Bobby Rob Rush Kool is official, is.
0: y'all. He's the guy that didn't want uh, if anybody saw the movie uh, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, he the dude that left, that didn't get shot up when the police came in. That's, that's Bobby, Bobby Rush. Bobby Rush, That's yes. how official he is, though, so, a, so that's I'm a, that's a, that's a people know. Yeah, hey.
2: Bobby Rush is official. He official <laughs> tissue, right? Yeah. Well, you uh, know he, what? I'll, wasn't he also the guy that uh went against Obama in 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 Illinois? He's the only
0: person that beat Obama. <laughs>
2: hey, Obama couldn't get his, his congressman. And Bobby seat. was like, "Why you why you coming after me, brother? I ain't did nothing to you. You going over there and do that? Hey, he was like, it was
0: like he like Mayor Clay da- uh Clay Davis like you know you ain't gonna beat me right? I got this right, corner. You, know,
2: you know I got this. You know this is my town, right? You know who he I win
0: senator man. but couldn't win congressman.
2: <laughs> Crazy, hey! Crazy. Another example of stay, stay, stay in your neighborhood, man. Stay where you're supposed to be, bro. So, so it is. I mean, they can pick up a groundswell to start having conversations. And what, what would be interesting is if there is enough meat on this thing to get a prosecuting attorney to probe Miami Dolphins communication. Mm. And we have a Washington Redskins situation yes. all over again. All right, man, so you opened up another camp for <laughs> me there, right? So hold on. So, like, hey, B try to get the whole everybody jammed and everybody deleting
1: text messages <laughs> right now. I mean, here's my thing about it is, man, first of all, once you text it, it's out there. They can find it's it. It's out there. Know, they can find it. How people think. People think, like, I'm going to delete it. It ain't, it ain't there. <laughs> so my thing about it is, is that, yeah, all right, if you do that bet, then if we're going to really go for it, let's go for it this time. Because the league, the league, when they're in control of it, they just let the Redskins hold the text. And that's why John Gruden's about to win another lawsuit against him. Here's the thing with the NFL right now. One, one thing hitting you at a time you can deal with. But when you got the cranky thing happening, when you done, done an entire municipality wrong against your own rules, that's one strike. You got uh, you got Gruden who's suing you right now for improper, for improperly being terminated by a letter of law, even though, hey, listen, what you did was one way or another. But I'm going to tell you what. I'll speak for myself for sure. I don't want everybody going through everything I've ever messaged to text somebody in my life either. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So like, that's a, that's, that's a thing too. He's going to, he's going to win that case. He's going to win that case too. You got that happening. You got this Flores thing happening. Hey man. And then it's just, everything is a combination of other things. You know, feel like you move past that CTE thing, but brother's still out here killing folks on the other side of that, getting on the other side of what's going on in the ramifications from that.
2: Man. Right, you just had thing. the discrimination, the discrimination settlement where they was discriminating against brothers in the concussion case. Like, like, what are y'all doing, man? Like, why are y'all doing this? They still how is this helping your league or it, you as a? How is this helping you as a businessman? Make like it's not. No, no. And
1: here's the thing. Now, this is the part I almost forgot about this, and I definitely ain't letting us get away about talking about this. The statement that the league came out with immediately where they just basically discredited everything that Flores said immediately. I was like, whoa. That's no, a no, 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 hold I on, think hold, they on. D, 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 hold on, hold on. Let me get through this, <laughs> let me get through this. That is on a very basic PR and HR 101, any size business. That was a terrible, terrible step to take because now you put yourself ahead of the things that could come out. There's a reason why when people make statements they say things like, we're going to investigate this, and we're going to keep an eye on this, and we're going to monitor it. Because they put themselves on one side of it already, which lets you know already that they are not going to be honoring these claims of what come, because now they can't get back behind their own statement. That's a That was a really, whoever did that, that was a tactical disaster. And for me, that shows you, that came from the NFL, but it shows you that the structure of the NFL leadership is a joke. Because if there really was a commissioner of the NFL who had autonomy over the owners and could speak really between the PA, the owners, and on behalf of the league's offices itself, he would have never done that. That message came from the owners, and they were saying, we ain't do this and we ain't playing this game. But now the league, the shield is going to have to stand behind that, and it's once again another dent against the NFL when really it's just a dent on the 32 opinions of the people that really are the NFL.
0: Well, no. The reason I was saying I was saying, when I was in the statement it was I think it was a misinformed statement because I don't think they knew all the, the receipts that was uh, in the background is what I'm saying. It's like, man, oh, he does. Oh, he says racism. Man, go and put out that statement. They, nobody. I don't think people researched his receipts or the other things that people are coming out with. They should have maybe sat back for a minute and watched the playing field. They just went out there just putting them putting
2: double barrels out, like, But that's damn. that's Matt's point though. Yeah. Right. How. All the things that transpired in just the last five years. You look when Deshaun Watson situation, they didn't even come out and start saying stuff because they didn't they know still, what was going on. They still haven't said anything <laughs> about <laughs> Deshaun Watson. They it could be video on somebody and they still don't say nothing. But so you know,
1: why? But, yeah. but here's the thing. I want you not. I want. I just want to throw this in right before you make this point. But you know what did go away pretty quickly? The Robert Kraft situation that went away real quick.
2: Oh, yeah. Real quick. We didn't let it and, go. <laughs> no, they let, <laughs> no, they definitely let that go. And so this what like you have a PR and communication staff that should be top-notch, that has dealt with firestorms for the last X years. You should know 10 one, PR 101. We're not gonna, we're gonna say something without saying something. Yep. That's what we're gonna do. So we, like, what are you doing here? You come out and blatantly discredit a person who's been in your league for 20 years. Brian Flores has been an NFL coach for 20-something years, man. And he's, so he is the integrity and the shield. So you 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 basically saying, oh, a dude who worked for y'all for 15 to 20 years, he's a liar. He's lying on y'all without right. y'all knowing nothing about it. Yeah. Come on, man. So here's the thing. I'm going to read the statement, too.
1: I don't know if everybody's seen it. I'm going to read it real quick because it, <laughs> it takes about two or three left turns on top of itself real quick. Um, NFL statement on Brian Flores suit. The NFL and our clubs are deeply committed to ensuring equitable employment practices and to continue to make progress in providing equitable opportunities throughout our organization. Diversity is core to everything we do. And there are a few issues on which our clubs and our internal leadership spend more time. We will defend against these claims, which are without merit. Yo, I'm gonna tell you what happened. They had that whole statement And then somebody at the end threw that last sentence on, we will depend against these claims, which are without merit. Somebody saw that and they said, don't send that out. No. hey, (laughs) Put that on there. Cause we ain't finna take ownership of this. That part right there was a good statement, a good PR statement, which would have said we intend to investigate these claims further so that we can, we can get the most in-depth discoveries that we can about these practices, not say no, that nigga's a liar, and we're gonna <laughs> go ahead and we go and, and
2: and we know he is that took a turn and that look all you, it was look when you read it when you read an email what's what's the last thing what's the most lasting thing in your memory oh how did how it walks off the last sentence is yeah. always you could you could have been saying how great somebody is for twenty sentences in that last sentence, but now you need to uh, uh, oh so now I need to yes. Yeah. Yes, you need to. Yeah, like you can't. This is just it's
1: being mismanaged so badly. I'm gonna say this Flores does have the benefit of catching them on their heels, it seems like. So if he kept moving, here's the thing: it would not have been a good decision if he came out and the only thing he brought was saying was that there was um that discrimination. But bringing some things about how managers, how the ownership and how Stephen Ross and those people move, and then tying it back over to the Giants already having a decision. And then, you know, even how the Broncos treated him in the past, he's got
2: enough things that he can pile on. That's a good a, springboard for other people. I'm a vice versa. You, All right. He having just – he couldn't just come to the table with the Stephen Ross stuff. Right. He had to have the second piece about the discrimination. That's, a, oh, that's how I – I'm just flipping your argument and saying he had – he had to have the the um, the racist stuff about the hiring practices. I feel like he had to have the Stephen. He had, well, I'm we've, I'm flipping it. You saying that he had to have the Stephen Ross stuff, yes, as as, as evidence to back up. I'm saying he needed to have the Bill Belichick text messages oh. showing that the Giants jacked this whole thing up. I because because I'm still under the argument that that was the straw that broke the camel's back for him Mm -hmm. without that piece. I think the Steven Ross stuff never gets brought up. You know why? Because he's going to get another job, maybe not a head coaching job right now. He's going to get another coordinator job immediately. And then in another two years through another year or two, he'll be back in the head coaching cycle. But, and, and he was probably okay with that. He was probably okay because he knows as a black man, in a, in the a NFL, there it just don't always happen your way. It's very hard to get where I got. At least I got a shot. I'm gonna mm-hmm. know I'm gonna get another shot, right? He he's a guy that has hope, and he he believes that his his body of work is gonna get him another shot. But then when he seen that y'all tried to play me again, <laughs> that right without that piece, I think we's not even having this conversation. And Here's With the thing, he, we can see the moment. We can see the moment when it happened. That last
1: text message to Belichick said, thanks, Bill. Thanks, Bill. And in that moment, he was like, are you, All right, he, thanks, he Bill.
2: He like, are you talking to Brian, me or Brian Debo? You know you got two Brian's, right? And they don't show. I, I don't believe Belichick responded because they don't show like no, that's that's one of where you don't respond. Like just, <laughs> no. it's like that's like that old snaps. Uh I'm supposed to be texting Debo and I'm texting Flores. My bad, my bad.
1: Yeah, that's it. it, it it's crazy.
2: And, and the thing I said
1: earlier, man, about that statement, like, you know, I have sworn off using the N-word and things on a broadcast environment like that. But to me, that's how that reads. To me, <laughs> that's exactly how that reads. And this is one of those rare situations where that is what you're saying to me when I read that as a Black man. And yep. the optics are so terrible. So I think, be your point about having Black lawyers, it matters. Because that statement was so lily white that you gotta like it's not too late. You can bring a brother in now. You can still Johnny bring Carter a came on in later
2: in. too. He needs he to better bring, bring on, a brother in.
1: He needs to bring on a black civil uh, a civil rights attorney to be a part of this too. Go, let's go get my man Crump. You know what I'm saying? Hey, come go come get Crump, here. baby. Go
2: get him. Bring him hey, in. Why? You know what I'm saying? Why is it that we all we only got one black civil rights attorney? Well, we got Lee Merritt too. Lee Merritt. Hey, Lee Mary, but Lee Mary. Mer- yeah, yeah, but okay. Why is it that we only really have had two? <laughs> hey, come virginity. down here. Hey, come down here to St. Louis and get my man Anthony Gray, man. Count, hey, count nigga, me. Hey, I'm fourth grade. I'm fourth grade. That's my boy. That's my boy. He be close Gray, to it. Gray can get on this case. You as know well, what? Man. Actually,
1: and you know what? I'm reaching out to him when we get done with this because I think we need to bring in one of the uh, some more legal counsel to have a conversation about yeah. what this looks like. Bring, bring my too.
2: man Gray on and, and let him start spilling because he always know the scoop, man. He he yeah, probably he know. know more than we. He probably know more stuff right now as it's happening. He getting the emails, the text messages, phone calls. Crump I probably didn't it. already got uh, reached out to, and he like you know I'm gonna be on the team and he, he know how to be. read
0: the documentation. Be like, well, you know they trying to slide this in there real quick <laughs> on the back end. You know, but so
1: <laughs> let me ask y'all this and, and, and to kind of wrap up things here, man is, is that what do you think this means for the future of black coaching in the NFL? In the let's say in the three year window,
2: I think it's another opportunity to to your point, man. Like, you got to keep taking shots at the bow. You, if, if you're going to break it, you got to keep swinging, right? And I mm-hmm. think the NFL keeps giving black coaches opportunities to take bigger swings because they could have kept being uh, underneath the table with their misguided practices and it would have never, never gets out. And we had to wait another 10 years for they make a mistake, you know, but they keep making mistakes because they're stupid. And I think this is all, is an opportunity for us to take a bigger swing uh, because we know every year this question is going to come up. Absolutely. But it never it never gets real real traction until it's a misstep, and this is just the year that they did a massive misstep, and we gotta. I think for black coaches, it's going to bring more. It's just gonna bring more opportunity. It got to, at least at least I'm gonna be a Brian Floyd. I hope, <laughs> I got hope that it will. But you know, as I think about that statement, the statistics show that nothing has changed. It's, right, it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse, but out. but we we don't have some documentation of where it's been a misstep. Now we literally have Brian Bill Belichick acknowledging the fact that a guy already got hired, and you still gave the black man a token interview, making it seem like XXX. <laughs> it's that okay? It's that okay, right? And it's we and it's this right here. We may not see the smoking guns, but we see the bodies. The bodies Mm. is piling up, bro. We may not see the smoking gun text or email or phone call, but the bodies is is stacking up. And so, hey, we know there's something going on because the bodies keep stacking up. And I'm going to say, hey, man, these dudes need to start doing the Antonio Brown, man. Start recording these GMs. Start recording these owners' conversations, man, and blast their butt. It's when no, these owners finna start wilding, sending pigeons. They finna start like, sending pigeons. He, he might pigeon. be he, he might be wilding, but his tactics work.
1: Yeah, that's real. Daryl, tell me, man, what do you think? Give me, give me. A, <clears> I, a, I, I think know. they're
2: gonna literally.
0: This is gonna be like the co-op. The use every, uh, on the wire where they only do they only talk in the meetings together. All these text messages, all this stuff getting caught up on the wire. You know, we we got pages and stuff. We only in-person discussions. They might even be in the middle of a text message. Hey, can I get jammed up for this? Then we need to talk in person. Fly to Seattle and come holler with me. We can't even talk about this over text.
1: So my, my thoughts about it are is that I think we're in the era right now of systematic reform, right? There's a lot of things that people call out, people look at and say, all right, we got to look at the process and we got to redo the process. You know, they did the, the brief revision to the Rooney Rule a couple of years ago about there being multiple people being involved in the process as opposed to just one and what it looks like I've said for the longest that it needs to spread out to some other things honestly what I really feel like needs to happen is is that one of the things that doesn't happen in the league right now is there is no coaches union the coaches will just operate on their own accord there needs to be an NFL um, coaching administration unions got to come into play because you're not going to be able to drive for any singular change if you don't have a voice at the table like that like, imagine if each player was his own entity every time there's a uh, collective bargaining agreement up. There'd be no sports. There'd be too many in- interests that happen mm-hmm. there. But what they really truly need to do is to get together and have people to drive for that and really have it be a thing because then you have bargaining power at the table. I mean, that was the only way that free agency came into play in the first place in baseball because they wanted to continue to deal with these handshake deals and these things that they were able to put together. But Kurt Flood did what he did. And Oscar Robinson did what he did in football and basketball. And then it all started to be a landswell to change. But right now, while it's just Brian Flores out there on his own, and while it was just a guy that was released out of the league and Colin Kaepernick who essentially was on his own, you know, it, it, it's a it's a problem like that. So I think that for me, um, even if there's not a, like, let's look at a really crazy thing. Let's use St. Louis, Missouri, for example. There's a white police union. There's a black police (laughs) union. It ain't officially called that, but everybody know it. And what needs to happen is that black coaches, black GMs, black anything that has anything to do with not being a player, but helps the league move from a personnel standpoint, there needs to be a union that stands on that part. Now, if there ends up being an overall coaches union, where white coaches are a part of it, Great. I love it. Because honestly, we're not going to move the needle for anything here unless some white people step up. And that's just yep. the world we live in, period. But at the in the, at the very least, black coaches, black leadership, black ex-players, whatever it takes, need to come together and put that in play because that's how you have strength in numbers and start to move the needle.
0: Yeah, the one of the things that you said, Matt, and that I, that to add on even more, B was saying, he needs he's gonna have to have somebody whiten some of the witnesses. Like if he's got somebody like that is like a, and it's crazy that we haven't have to say that, but if he has a white person that is a credible white person,
1: then he'll have some legs, which is crazy to think about. He need uh, he needs Sandra Bullock from the Blind Side to trump down <laughs> and, and and move him along. He need he, that
2: he, great white savior. He need a middle aged white woman to come out and say that this happened for real and I was there. Or or he needs Belichick. Just to go, just to go straight rogue. <laughs> no,
1: where is Bill at with this? How you feel if you Bill Belichick today?
0: Oh, I feel like um, you put you played me. I took a stray, but I'm still mad at you. Don't get it twisted. That's that's like us sharing a text message that we got like, yo, suddenly so, suddenly so like, yo, I know you need to do this, but damn,
1: me, why you gotta do it me though? Do you think Bill well, knew? You did he know that this was going to hit the streets that way?
0: Well, you didn't you say the text messages came out early though, um, B.
2: Like the, well, this, Bill, the news... yeah, I mean, we, we never know with Bill. That's the thing. <laughs> we never know with Bill, man. He don't care nothing about the, the Giants organization. Nah, not at all. Like, Are you saying he might not, not even right? care? He might be laughing, you saying? He probably is laughing because he ain't never going to do no interview about it. You no, ain't Bill never going to get him to about talk it. about
1: it. Bill's had a hell of a week. So he had to write a statement on Tom Brady retiring. Then he got his text messages dropped in the world. And speaking of Tom Brady, nobody's happier about this thing than him because he didn't got there like, oh, he ain't going to leave me alone about this retirement. Great. Right. He can
2: retire peacefully to himself. Right. He
0: said Belichick ain't even going to do no interview
1: about it. That's some real He ain't doing
2: no interview. He ain't even and, talking and about this. Somebody gonna ask
1: him, and then they gonna catch a stray from him. Like they ain't gonna catch a stray from him. He's gonna outright just look at him like you an idiot. I ain't talking about that. It's a wild week, man. I'm I'm interested to see how this is gonna how this is gonna shake out. I know we are gonna get together after the bowl talk about what that looks like. Uh, you know, rest in peace or best wishes to Joe Burrow, according to B. We'll see how <laughs> it looks like. Um, oh, I'm gonna give y'all a wild fact before we get out of here though too. is, is that I saw that the NFC Championship game. Had higher ratings in Detroit than the uh than the Thanksgiving game did. Cause that many people was watching the game in Detroit for Matt Stafford. They Matt they Stafford got Matt a following. He got they a clan, Matt's like Stafford, I never baby. believed.
0: Is it because they liked him or is it like one of things like, man, like you, you know, you lose your girl and you like, dang,
2: she she, I, I mean, I ain't mad at her, you know.
0: It's I want you to be happy.
2: Hope. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit of both. he been there. He was there for what, ten, nine seasons? Yeah, yeah, ten? something like that. Yeah, I mean he was there for a long that's a long time to be with one franchise, man. And you know, he did some good things there. He was Calvin Johnson in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he was there for the Megatron era, so he was a part of it a little bit.
1: So all right, y'all. Well, hey man, hey, much love to everybody. Check this out, man. Like I said, man, we uh love the response to the last episode. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate y'all with this. We want to hear from y'all as always, man, because this is a conversation I think has got a lot of legs in a lot of different ways. D, let everybody know where they can uh, connect with us at, man.
0: Yeah, the S-O-L-C Culture and Sports on Facebook, S-O-L-C Network on any platform. You can get it anywhere. Um, yeah, shout out to everybody that's been showing us love, uh, tapping in in the sports group as well and online in the Instagram as well. Uh, so, yeah, th- just tap in with us. We got uh, so much different stuff going on. All
1: right, man. So, Ayo, hey, yo we appreciate it. We'll see where this goes. I guarantee you this won't be the last time we talk about it. B, we appreciate you, brother. Daryl, as always, you I right, too. Ayo, hey, yo <laughs> peace.